Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Hello and welcome to ABW Live. It's the Bournemouth game. How are we all? It's a 300th live episode. What was the radio show and now the live show um and unfortunately for the second time this season we have bad news um we announced it on twitter yesterday um our very own day faber uh gunaholic passed away at 1 30 in the morning christmas morning um dave was uh an arsenal man a, cr- a cricket man and a music man um he was somebody who was full of integrity, dignity, his compassion and caring side of him um, was was legendary to all. Um, his empathy and knowledge was an example to us all. He was a friend to us all, although he was a member of a Bergkamp Wonderland, and we were, pr- we were ever so proud to have him as a member of ABW. First and foremost, he was an Arsenal man and he belonged to all Arsenal fans. I've seen, you know, we've seen hundreds of messages yesterday from American gooners who just spoke to him saying, oh, they, they're coming over for a game. He'd meet them, have a beer with them and, you know, become lifelong friends with them. Whether you'd been a gooner for 50 years and had been to every game home and away or you just started supporting the club, Dave had time for you. Um, he he was that type of guy. He was he was a man of the people. He was he was Arsenal through and through. He was proper Arsenal, as as the guys say. I remember when I first met him with um, uh, the Jeff. I just looked. It's like oh, we're having a beer with Gunaholic. It was epic. Later on that day, it was me and Chris, and Chris wasn't drinking, and we sat there we're talking to Dave, and we're just. We were like little schoolboys, um, you know, in awe of the man. Um, he, he was that Arsenal legend, you know, everybody knew him. Didn't matter who they were, they all knew Dave. Um, and he was a mate to everyone. He really was. Um, he was just such a great guy. He was a calming influence. He was he had a kind heart. Um, he belonged to Arsenal not to us and um as much as we love him he belonged to the arsenal and there's so many guys you know dave seager you had the lovely vic the lovely lucy guna that you know these people that they barry gav they've all known him for years for years and years and he's a massive loss to everyone um you know i don't mind you telling you been a lot of tears spilt over this um, he he was somebody who we, we we saw the deterioration in his health over the last few months, and it was shocking and staggering. Um, and unfortunately, it's come to an end now. Um, we're going to miss him. We're devastated. We are heartbroken, and we love him. Um, Gunaholic was is irreplaceable. 
and every single player and person in this Arsenal squad is not fit to clean his shoes. Not fit to clean his shoes. This guy is up there with the greats and um unfortunately there's he's left a void now which we just will never be able to fill we'll never ever be able to fill so i will love to you dave sleep well my friend onwards and upwards we will be doing a special down the line um we need yeah, just give us a bit of time on it um yeah we need to get over it as well so on with the show um Mikel Arteta's first game. It's Bournemouth away. And welcome to the show. First of all, he's my brother from another mother. It's John Welsh. Say hello, John. Hello, John. I'm not going to ask how you're uh, doing, mate, because, yeah, we all know, but uh, yeah. love words. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Stephen Edwards has smashed in with a, um, a donation, and he says, Dave and Steve. I don't know what you did, Steve, but I like it. Thanks. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, James. Yeah, sorry. A uh, bit of a mess today. Um, and alongside us again, then we have the dirty pirate, the one and only. It's the carpenter. Budget Jesus, say hello, my lovely boy. Hi, Jace. How you doing? Uh, yeah, lovely words, as John said there, and um, yeah, nice to be podding with with John and yourself again. And uh, yeah. Um, Sad times, but we'll try and talk about the game today and, you know, find the positives. Yeah. That's what David wants us to do. That's the yeah. thing. Right, let's go to the chat box before we kick off, guys. Tom Douglas, Grant Wilborn, Julian Salmon, Rudy Rastlos, Nicky Wilson, Ushefik One, Danny the GFP, Rocket Works, Chris Hopkins, um, Eustace Pathetic Noob, 95 wins, um, Winston, uh, supercalifragilisticexpiasidocious uh, who has Richard Morris John Bernstein um, they're all in there, Stefan Selby the one for Stefan Selby, Archie Corey Sealess hi guys, how are we all um, we're going to try to get through this the McManus is there and he says he was a le- he was a legend and you are correct the McManus, he was a legend he, he always will be um, yeah Yours will be right, guys. Let's get on with it. Um, John, to you first. Lineups: Alaka back in, Ozil in. No room for um, Pepe. What were your thoughts, mate? Um, I wasn't overly surprised by the lineup. I think, considering some of the injuries you've got, obviously everyone knows you've got problems at the back. We've got some suspensions. Um, the only one surprise really was the the Pepe one. I guess maybe it shouldn't be a surprise now because uh, Emery didn't seem to favour him too much. Freddie, I know he's obviously there only for a couple of games and he didn't seem too keen to start him in games. Um, he went with Nelson, which, you know, fair enough, some people have been calling to see him. Um, I think the other thing you have to equate into this is, you know, Arteta's had what, two training sessions, if that, really, with the team. And we've got a lot of games uh, in this Christmas period, so you are going to have to have some rotation. So, yeah, I was I was pretty happy with the lineup. Um, obviously, I know everyone would have liked to see Martinelli, but I think he was recovering from was it like tight hamstring or something. Yeah, like. tight hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I think he probably would have been the one in getting ahead, uh, nod ahead of uh, Nelson. But it makes sense. He picked the most experienced players he could in terms of those who played Premier League minutes and stuff. And Pepe being the only sort of outlier, 
he picked the uh, the more experienced pros to to for his first game. So good good picks for me. Yeah, um, Chris, we started off quite well, didn't we? Um, I, I, you know, it, it was a typical kind of Premier League game. You had Aubameyang flat-footed at a sack across, Leno saving um, from Fraser. Um, Lacazette losing the ball after um, some good work from Ozil. You could see a change in our, in our, in our, our game style already, didn't you? Yeah, just just more organised it seemed to me, and there was a there was a clear attacking intention from the off. I mean, okay, a lot of things didn't work out, but there was there was evidence that the players were were sticking to a formation. Um, Mesut had one of those games away from home, I might add, where he was uh, in that sort of ten role where he wants to be. He was picking the ball up, he was getting on the ball. I think some of that was down to Bournemouth allowing him probably more space than they should have. But um, but yeah, you, you could you could clearly see. That Mikel's plan is going to be get the fullbacks high, um, the midfield two to to just do the midfield two job, not too much else, and then have that that sort of free free flowing triangle up front, the ten and, and the three forwards. So it did it did appear that there was a bit of a um, a bit of an identity already, uh, or certainly an an image in the team already. Um, like you both said, I think. Really, all it come down to was just just finishing and and the final ball. It's almost like the players had uh, a lot of the players who got in behind had almost forgotten what it was like to play the the way we can. Um, lots of sort of shanked crosses and misplaced passes and, and mistimed passes. But that'll come. That's that's not going to happen overnight. I, I think that's a really good point, um, John. I want you to expand on this. I thought it was, it was excellent first half. Okay. Yes, he was allowed time and space, but he really drove us forward. Saka, um, Obama Young, um, and this has been quite harsh on Saka as well. So I thought Saka had a great game. Okay. Um, Nelson, Auber, and Laka had a really tough time. It was almost as if they had to try to get to know each other again, and it was a real struggle for them, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think. What you saw today was some players who still haven't got the confidence or belief in their ability, which is something that will have to come back. You look at Lacazette, it's a guy who hasn't really played that much the last few games, has been dropped a lot. He looks, you know, he's looked kind of despondent on the bench at times and is clearly frustrated with his lack of playing time. He looks a little bit off the match sharpness, which is going to come. Obviously, we're not playing that much football. Um, Alba's been moved back out wide again. Um, I thought Saka did okay, but the the pace of play was better. Ozil was much better today. Every time he got the ball, he wasn't just taking the ball and then passing it straight back and playing the way he was facing. He was always receiving it on the half turn and, and then looking into space. And although Saka's final ball or Nelson, you know, or Aubameyang's touch or whatever it be, Lacazette, whoever, wasn't always the best. The moment he took the ball and turned and sort of did that half turn and immediately released it, we were into, you know, getting into Bournemouth's box. Um, like Chris said, I think Bournemouth are a little bit guilty of maybe stepping off him and giving them a little bit too much room. But that's what you can do. And you could see throughout the game, he kept trying to find those pockets of space and he was making himself a lot more available than he had been in previous games. So I thought it was always a lot better today. Um, a little bit disappointing from the forwards. I don't think you can really knock Nelson too much. He's a young kid who really hasn't played this much this season. Saka was playing left-back for large parts of the game, uh, not all of it. 
I think he did put in some really, really good balls that uh, I think Aubameyang and Lacazette could have done better in anticipating where he was going to cross them. Um, so, yeah, a lot more positives today. And this is, it's like what we said when Emery came in, it's the same thing. We can't, this is not going to be turned around instantly. It, it's going to be a long process. But just from that game today, you could see there was much more of an identity and an idea of a way of playing than we've seen for the last I don't know, year of, of watching Arsenal. Agreed. Chris, um, the one thing I felt, um, I felt kind of Nelson didn't commit enough. As um, as John has mentioned, you know, there were, some, there were a couple of good crosses that went in that Alba and Laka weren't on, or and there were, couple, there were a few poor ones where the guys were there. Is this going to be a case of trial and error with the guys committing to their runs and not just, you know, make a quick movement as if to go for it, but actually committing to them to give the wide players a target to go for? Because as well as just delivering good balls in, these wide players need to get into the box as well, don't they? Yeah, that, I think with Nelson, it, it's down to him. Mean, he hasn't played a lot of games. He came back with quite a lot of, of hype. Um, not unjustified, but maybe a little bit because he's homegrown. I think people expected a lot from him very quickly. And that, that again, that's going to take time. Um, I think also it's a bit of, it's a bit symptomatic of our, our wide players and fullbacks in general in that they're almost a bit worried to commit too high at the pitch because they know how vulnerable we are going back the other way. So it's almost like they'll go so far and then think, well, I don't want to go too high because I'm going to get caught out if I don't get back in. So there is a bit of a tendency to to maybe uh, maybe not commit fully. But yeah, he, he struck, it was a performance that showed good and bad. Thought for, well, not bad, but you know, indifferent almost from race today. It was, it was good to see him getting the starts um, and having the opportunities. But if I'm if I'm him, I'm probably looking at this and thinking I've got to take these opportunities when given them because Pepe will come good. Um, I think some of it. I think some of the leaving him out is to protect him a little bit at the moment. And I think introducing him in gradual bursts, you know what you'll get from Laka and and from Aubameyang with with Pepe. It's quite unpredictable. So I think you can't really make room for him as well as Ozil and Lacquer and Aubameyang. So I can kind of see why they played of what I call a more, um, a more not sensible, but a more cautious player in Nelson. You know, he probably follows instructions a bit better. Pepe's a bit more of a flamboyant flair player. But I think he has to take his chances. Um, and like John said, if, if Gabriel Martinelli was fit, I wonder if he had, a, had a got that chance again today. Um, but that's not to knock his work rate. He kept going. He kept showing. He didn't hide, which is a good sign. Um, but yeah, if you're going to play that position, you've got to be that fourth, fifth man in the box on the end of crosses as well as delivering them yourself. Um, something that, that Saka's done really well when he's coming to the team. So I think I think Reese needs to probably go up another level. But again, can't fault the guy. He hasn't really played all season until the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's this is a process now. And, you know, you, you're going to find the players learning from Arteta, Arteta learning from the players. And, you know, this this is going to develop. Um, you know, it was better today. I've got to be honest, I enjoyed the football more. Um, well, one of the things, John, you could quite hear, clearly hear Arteta on the sideline. Um, uh, you know, we'd lost ball and uh, the ball uh, at, at some point. And so he hears, no help, no help, no help coming from him. He's a guy who wants to give these guys a lot of support and direction, isn't he? And, and this is why we're focusing, it's not so much on incidents today, guys, 
we're focusing on what we felt the performance is like first half and second half. Um, John, can you come in on that, please? Yeah, I, I mean, he was very vocal from the sideline, and I know some people read a lot into it and really like it. Some people, it doesn't really affect him so much, but he was clearly giving them direction. And you could hear um, a lot of the time about him telling them when to press, when they're supposed to press together as a group. And you saw that today quite a few times when we were hunting in packs and, and winning the ball back. And it was giving, and we were winning it in nice areas as well, like high up the pitch. Um, to do it for only a certain period of time and then drop off and fall back into shape. Um, and he was clearly given directions to players. And I think, like he said in his press conference, where he was saying, you know, he has to understand the players first, what it is that they want, uh, what they've been experiencing. Almost the way he said that they've all got a clean slate. You know, it's not about what they've done in the past. This is a fresh start now. And he's just trying to teach them to play the way he wants them to play. And you could see that a lot in, in times today. I felt the balance looked so much better today. Um, in the ways that, in particular, in the midfield, you know, we've seen Torreira and Jacker play together and it's not worked so many times. And don't get me wrong, there were still errors in the game from both of them and from all the players on the pitch. That's that's more of a, you know, he hasn't had a long time to coach and obviously the confidence is very low. But overall, the balance was a lot better. And it, the key thing for me in that is that you saw Torreira didn't really move much further than from the back four. He really didn't shift that much. And Jacker, although it was sort of put up as a 4-2-3-1, it wasn't really. It was like a 4-1. Four, four, and then you had Ozil and Jacker slightly, you know, they weren't parallel, but playing off each other slightly. And it, it freed up Jacker to do the passing that we know he can do. I thought he made some fantastic passes today. It gave Torreira the ability just to intercept and win the ball and, and to double up on a player when Maitland-Niles would need help or Saka or whoever it may be break the ball up and then there was always an easy pass for him like we saw the training video about them when they were doing the rondons and saying you know don't do flicks and tricks no you, you don't do that in a game just pass to the man i want you to be able to have there's got to be two options there was a lot more it's very simple but triangles on the pitch today all over the place there was always an option for someone a lot more um still not perfect you know it's, it's going to be a long process but just little things like that you could already see just in his first game which against, uh, I know Bournemouth have been struggling a bit this season, but let's be honest, they're a decent team who've been in the Premier League for a long time now, and they've got some really good players. So um, it wasn't an easy first game for him, but I enjoyed seeing that a lot more today. Um, fair enough. Um, right, Mike Hernandez has just smashed in the donation, and he says, just saw this tweet, Jacques Agent saying they have an agreement with Hertha Berlin, and they told the club and Arteta he wants to leave. Thoughts? We're going to... Um, ask that later on in the um, in the question sections, Mike. Okay, hope you don't mind, pal. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick on the game at the moment, Chris. I thought Torreira and Xhaka were very solid today. Okay, yeah, a couple of mistakes here and there, but I thought actually you saw AMN and Saka in our own half some nice little interplay with people. Yeah, we'll come on to the goal we conceded in a second. But you could see the, the sort of shoots of growth with them coming along quite nicely, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ainsley Maitland-Niles obviously wants to be a midfielder. We we all know that. Um, but he's got a long way to go um, in terms of positional discipline. And I think I'm not 100% sure he's got the physicality for that role just yet. Uh, it will come. And, and he's doing his apprenticeship almost in that in that wide fullback position, which which isn't a bad thing. 
Um, yeah, the, the, the Jacker and, and Terrera um, axis, if you will, or, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's it's probably the best we've got at the moment. Um, you know, I I personally would would still prefer to see more energy in, in that. You know, uh, you know my sort of thoughts on Jacker. I will come back to that maybe with a question later on. But I think there's room for that area of the pitch to be improved upon, whether that be in January or longer term. Um, but you can only work with what you've got in place at the moment, and those two are the most experienced we've got. Um, I think Torreira really needs to play because if if he doesn't, we're at risk of losing him. Um, you know, if not in January in the summer, and at this stage, he's one of the ones I wouldn't really want to lose. Um, and then and then with Xhaka, it's, it, it's it's I think we just take it game by game with him. Really, um, as I say, we'll touch on the question later on. But while he's still here, then. You know he's one of our better midfielders. You've got to use him, um, and certainly in an away game like today, where you know when you're playing Özil and Aubameyang and Lacazette, you need somebody who's going to just sit in front of that back four or in that midfield area and, and do that job. So, yeah, um, longer term, you know, is Maitland-Niles able to do that or not? Not sure personally, but yeah, there was there was some good signs from him today, um, and, and I thought and Saka coming into sort of midfield a few times as well from that left fullback area just to just to distribute the ball into the into the channels was good so yeah I'm, I'm i'm the midfield is an area that i still worry about and and some links that have come out today about january moves intrigue me um so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if Mikel gets what he he's apparently said he's after in in the uh, january window i've got to be honest i think uh, okay, i i our midfield has taken a hell of a smashing from last season, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, it's nowhere near a patch, and it's because we've lost a player who created and got back and was the link between the midfield defence and attack. Um, how we thought it was appropriate to let that guy go, I have no idea, but you know, it, it's created a void, and we've not filled that. And Unless you're going to try players in there, I, I, I think AMN's worth a go, personally. Okay, but that's a personal perspective, and I get the I get the alternative perspective on it because you know, let's be honest, there are all sorts of opinions on on, on all of our players at the moment, and only time is going to tell. Um, let's come to the goal. Uh, start with you, please, John. Um, we we try to force it out of the back. Saka's played into a really difficult position and loses the ball. Yeah. This is no slight on Saka. Um, he was on a hiding to nothing with this. Um, but of course, they turn over the ball very quickly, go down the inside line. Um, and, and it was it was one cross. I thought Luis Torreira and um and, and Sa- Socrates were awful. I've got to be honest, I thought the three of them were shameful. And the way they defended it, and Gosling makes no mistake. John, your opinion on that, please, mate. Yeah, it was it was disappointing because I thought we'd been playing quite well, if not, you know, creating clear chances. But we looked so much better, and it's just where we try to play out from the back, which I don't have a problem with. I know some people don't, you know, don't like that. They really don't enjoy it. I do think it is the right way for us to play, and it's something we have to persevere with and get better at. Um, I would point to Pep's first season at Man City where people ripped him to shreds for doing that and 
I know they came fourth in what was it fourth I think in the first season. It's something you have to work on, and it takes a long time. But when it works, you just you open teams up because they end up coming onto you so much that there's so much space into behind. And we saw it a couple of times where there was a nice pass through the midfield and Ozil's in loads of space, and you can turn instantly and release Alba or Lacazette. So. I think it's the right way to play, but yeah, Saka gets played into real trouble. I think Torreira is too late to react to the run, and Socrates doesn't particularly, you know, uh, cover himself in glory in in his reaction to it either. It's disappointing. Um, I'm sure Leno is annoyed yet again because he made some really good saves in the game, and I, I thought his performance was excellent today. Um, but I mean, I've, I know we did concede the goal, obviously, but other than that there wasn't too many other times where I felt we were massively exposed. Yes, they got in maybe down the sidelines and got behind us a few times, in particular with Josh King. I thought we gave Maitland and I was a really tough time today. But I actually thought defensively for the majority of the game, we looked a lot more solid than we have. But it shows you how it doesn't matter who you're playing in the Premier League. They can be one of the teams right at the bottom. If you give a team an opportunity, they, you know, you can get punished for it. So disappointing. And I'm sure Arteta will be going back through the video and explaining to the players what they should have done and where they should have been because I thought for the majority of the game any time the way Bournemouth got an opportunity like that to break on us or you know grab on a, a sloppy pass or something we actually dealt with it quite well but uh, in this instance unfortunately we didn't so annoying but probably good for Arteta because he got to see the way the players would respond to it going one nil down absolutely absolutely um Julian Nagelsmann aka Arian Hidari smashed in with the donation and he says, Mr. Carpenter, um, I have two questions. One, what has happened to Laka? And would you take Kamavinga kind of um, uh, off the carpet? Um, we'll answer those later. Okay. Arian, um, thanks for the donation, mate. Much appreciated, as always, your star. Um, Chris, what was your view on the goal? Um, you know, we, we turned the ball over deeper in our half and we were always in trouble, weren't we? Yeah, I, the weird thing is the, the, the goal that Bournemouth scored was it was almost the worst thing that could happen because we, we genuinely, I thought, like John said, yeah, they, they had a few a few sort of moments where they looked, um, I didn't even say dangerous, they just they got in through our own mistakes and through our own neglect of following runners. But I felt like they were there for the taking. If we, I felt like if we'd got in front, um, they looked like a side who were playing on the edge. And I think the commentator actually said halfway through the game, if you gave Bournemouth a point now, maybe that's they'd settle for that. And I felt like they they probably would. Um, and and it, it is sort of slightly frustrating that we didn't take the lead because I wonder how that game would have gone if we had have done. I mean, yeah, we might have gone on and lost two one, but you know. But I felt like we, I felt like we deserved. A, a bit more from that first half performance and to go behind the spirit we showed was good definitely that you know the goal was, was well taken but i just felt that we probably deserved more when we, we you know when we were when we were on top and and if we'd have got that first goal it would have been interesting and i suppose in the, the grander scheme of things as well you see sort of chelsea lose at home to southampton um you know man united still got a play of course but you see some of the results around us and you think oh you know missed opportunity maybe um, and given what we've got to play the next two games, I mean, probably playing Chelsea now is probably a good thing because their form is very strange at the moment. Um, Man United, you never know what you're going to get. But it was just one of those games where I just I just felt like when we were having conceded, um, when we equalised, I, I thought there was only one winner in the game. 
and um and and having and at nil nil i thought we we probably could have gone on to get you know get the win but it, it is classic arsenal isn't it to go behind and and as i've said for a long time now if you're a betting man always get on both teams to score and we play because <laughs> sure it's going to come in so yeah um I, the, 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 I was very disappointed again because I thought Socrates and Luis had played well up to that point, and Torreira. I thought they let themselves down in that line, you know, letting the runner go, um, not put enough pressure on the crosser. It, it was fairly poor, and I'm sure Mikel will work on that to to get to get to eradicate those mistakes. So to try, do his best to eradicate them. But um, uh, that's the kind of first half, guys. Again, today we're talking mainly about the performance rather than individual incidents yes there were lots of mistakes from Lacazette, Aubameyang and uh, uh, Nelson you know but let's give them a break today um thing normally at half time guys we do the tarpy tarpy business I'm sorry guys like the last show I ain't got it in me anymore um I really haven't got it in me it's as much as as it's as much as I can do to podcast at the moment so um if you'd like to tap crack on but it just doesn't that meant it doesn't matter a damn today unfortunately um our thoughts are with dave and his family and and that's it to be honest with you. um but um always love you guys you keep on supporting us and we keep on appreciating it so thank you ever so much um we did say to back that up if you don't want to tap raise a glass to Mr. Yeah. Hollick and to Steve and to anyone yourself you might have lost this year um, and think of those people and their family. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. actually I, what I'm going to say is um, you know, this is a difficult time of year for a lot of people. Okay. Um, we've had a year of it as a podcast. Um, there's plenty of people out there who are going through far worse than us. Okay. If you are in trouble, if you are feeling down, if you are, you know, if you're not in a good place, get some help, guys. Talk to somebody, please. Okay. Once again, we come back to mental health and or just general health issues. If you have a concern, if you, you know, if there's anything bothering you, talk to somebody, talk to your friends, talk to your doctor. Christ, if you, if you, you know, if if you've got nobody to talk to, talk to us. We are always here, and we are always willing to help. You know, the ABW is a family of people, and you know, you guys in the chat box, or you people listening on other uh, on, on other platforms, you're as important as anybody else. Without you, this is nothing. So please take care of yourselves, okay? If you, you know, if something's bugging you. Book that appointment with the doctor and go in and be brave. Be honest. You know, just get it off your chest. Because the sooner you understand you have the problem, the sooner you can get it sorted. Okay? Don't let it go too long. Don't let yourself, you know, be in a position where you go down that road and all of a sudden it's too late. Please. Please don't do that. Be brave. It's shit. We go through tough times, okay? But you are not alone. You're never alone. You've got us. And we will always be there for you. Um, you know, 
again, you know, it's it's not the best time of year, but please, guys, don't feel like you're on your own. Please don't, okay? Like Danny's put a message in there from the Samaritans, etc. But, it, you know, if you've got a lump, if there's something you're unsure of, you know, get yourself to the doctors. Don't be ashamed of it. It's nothing to be ashamed of anymore. Okay? Please, please, please. Um, onwards to the second half, guys. Um, da, 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 da. Chris Carpenter, because I miss... I tell you what, I podded with Chris this, like three times on the trot, okay? And it's happy days again. And um, uh, it's good to have you back, Chris. Thank you. You'll regret that in about two weeks, I promise. I couldn't give a monkey's net. I was going to You'll regret it in about 10 minutes when you finish your answer to whatever he's going Hey, boys, this is what's the best thing about ABW, okay? There's a load of different opinions out there. And my God, you know, they're all welcome. As long as we're not abusing each other, only I'm allowed to abuse people. You know, that's the way it is. <laughs> but, um, uh, Chris, you get a Bamiyang firing wide. You get um, Luma then grabbing a Bamiyang around the neck, stopping the break. Now, are we going to come to John Welsh after you, okay? Because I need to go for a wee in a second. To me, that's a red card all day long. You know, it's a red card. You can't grab him around the neck. I, if you pull the shirt, I've got no problem with the yellow. But round the neck? Talk to me. I don't I don't really understand the rules anymore, is the, is the honest answer to that one. Um, anybody that saw uh, Super Deli Alley flying into challenges earlier on, not even punished by... I, I don't really get it. I, I think... I think we're probably both in the same boat here, John. We say that VAR is, you know, it does get the right results, but are the right results entertaining. You know, do we? I, I kind of, I don't know where I sit on it. Obviously, if the decision goes your way, you you, you say great, but it it's just one of those situations where I don't understand if it gets referred or if somebody's watching the whole game. I don't understand why those sort of decisions are not pulled up and and and. I can see the merits to say, yeah, it's just a, you know, it's a yellow and a warning. But like you say, around the around the neck in that position, what, I don't know. Where do you sit on this the VAR thing? Because it's it, dividing it's people. Difficult because, like, part of me is if you use VAR for what I would say are clear cut decisions like offsides or something like that, or if the ball goes over the line and they've got the Hawkeye technology now. But if it was used for those things, then I would say, oh, this is fine and it's perfect because they're actually looking at something that's factual. It's not interpretation. Um, the problem is that we've seen <laughs> decisions in games where I'm like, well, the guy is either offside or he's not. There's no like, oh, well, you know, he breathed. So the breath from his mouth meant that he was offside and that might have affected the ball. So I don't understand how you can get that thing wrong. Mm. I can I can sort of swallow the fact that uh, someone in the VAR box or whatever the fuck it's called will look at it and go well my interpretations of the rules is that's just a professional foul um it's not dangerous he's just put his arm up and that's why he's given a yellow some referees will look at that and say it's a red the, the stupid thing with var is it doesn't really matter because even if they do say oh it's a goal or it's not a goal or it's offside or that should have been a red or that should have been a yellow 
the referee, it's up to him ultimately anyway. So it's up to the ref on the pitch. He can listen to whatever the guy says to him through the through the headset, but he can also completely ignore it and just make his own mind up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think if an Arsenal player did that, I'd probably say yellow. Just because I'm just like, eh, it's just, he's done a professional foul. He's just trying to make sure he goes down. But, yeah, on the day, I don't know. I think red might have been harsh, but... It's around the neck, yeah. mate. It's around the neck. Yeah, but it's not like he's grabbed him around the neck, is it? He's he's put his arm around he, to try he, and block he's it pulling, off. He's front. pulling back. I'm not being... <laughs> you know, you can't grab people. If you raise your hands above the neck, it's a red card. So what's I, the I honestly don't know what the rules are anymore because I've seen so many times this season people, like, put their hand up to a player's face and it's not a punch or anything like that, but they've, like, pushed them and stuff and they haven't given reds for it. I think in those situations is where the referee is trying to keep 11 players on the pitch and gone... It's not dangerous. He hasn't really hurt him. Aubameyang's obviously made the most of it as possible, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. They, they just Those sort of things is where they need to, in the rules, make a clear thing of, regardless of the amount of force or the intent or anything else, if a player does this, then it is a red. Almost in the way they've done with the handball thing. Yeah. Which, I, you know, which is stupid. Don't get me wrong. It's fucking retarded that they've, you know, that... If your arms out wherever when you're jumping, because how the fuck you jump with your arms down by your side, I don't know. But at least they've been look, this is the rule, that's how it's gonna be. Doesn't matter what happens, it's a penalty. You know, so I think sometimes they those little weird rules they have to make clarifications on. I don't even think it was that bad. I would also say that um Arsenal were today very guilty of cynical fouls, which I really enjoyed. Shaka mm-hmm. a lot every time he was picking the ball up and walking away with it and delaying it. Whereas Previously in the season and then last season, there was times where we'd give a free kick and our players would just stand there and do nothing. And that is definitely Arteta saying, if you've got to make the, make the foul, like take the booking. You know, Torreira did it, um, Jacka did it a couple of times. I think Willock did one as well. Like pick the ball up, delay them, whatever. You've got to be an arsehole, essentially, and do those sort of dirty things in games because that's how you win games sometimes. You need that. Um, so I did I did like that aspect of it. So I think, you know, we were as bad, but I don't think it was like a dangerous challenge. If anything, Cook was the real arsehole today for Bournemouth. Oh, I've got to be honest with you. I'd have bitten my fucker's nose off. Okay. Uh, the, 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 that challenge, we'll come to that in a bit. Um, Chris, on to uh, another thing. I just put in our chat on WhatsApp. Black struggling today okay or having a tough time i think the words were lacquer's on a tough time today me and og were going through it and i said them nelson um uh nelson uh lacquer and alba all struggling okay and <laughs> lo and behold okay a turnover ball okay lacazette um nelson fires off a shot which is blocked he comes to Aubameyang and he buries it um I love that. I love that, the fact that that happened. But I thought we deserved that little bit of luck. What were your thoughts? Yeah, we did, yeah. And and it was it was actually good play from Nelson to get the ball in. I didn't think he got as much credit as he probably should have done because a lot of people said, oh, he just scuffed it across the box. He looked for that pass. Um, and Aubameyang probably found the, the corner that I least expected him to find. I thought he would have put it in the opposite side. Um, but yeah, we, we did deserve that, that bit of luck. I, I don't think... 
I don't think either side could comfortably say tonight that they deserve to win the game. I thought we were better in the first half. And I thought, you know, when Bournemouth took the lead, they were good for a period of time and they defended quite well. So, you know, a draw is probably about a fair result if you're going to go, you know, with the word fair. But um, on the lacquer thing as well, um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that a growing number of people that are, are starting to get on this whole um bandwagon you know oh well you know he's the value we should let him go and players go through spells you know he's he's had a he's had an injury affected period of time people forget as well when he was injured in that first first season um there was this sort of this mystery injury that a few of us knew he was going to have to have surgery on came back a different player confidence you know and it's difficult i don't think abamyang's been anywhere near the player that that we've seen in the start of the season in in recent weeks either and and he you know he's got the goals but the the thing that you will get if you play those two together is that relationship and and the goals will be spread amongst themselves and, and with lack of what you'll always get is work rate um and he keeps working he makes his own luck and he keeps working until he gets a break of the ball and and gets something from that endeavor and, and I, I felt like sort of winning that ball back for the goal in particular showed that um and yeah, I mean, every striker goes through these these, these spells. Um, for me, shouldn't be looking at, well, who's the most sellable asset? You know, who can we get out? And, um, you know, a few people have described him as, oh, somebody put the other day and said that he's um, he's, no, he's nowhere near as good as Giroud was. And I loved Olivier Giroud. But, um, you know, they're different types of players, firstly. And, and secondly, you can't compare somebody who had like an eight-year-old career with us compared to somebody who's been there for two and a half, three years. So... No, I, I think you you persist. Um, you know, as I say, Laka came back into the team today. I'm glad he did. Um, he's a confidence player, and, and he, you know, he's he's a personality. He's quite outspoken if he's not performing well, or you know, if he's not getting the game time. So you, you just I've got to back your players, you know. Yeah, look, I've got to be honest. I, I, I would disappoint in his performance today, but he's having a tough time, and that happens to a lot of players. You know, there's no point in. Um, you can't write somebody off for that, you know. I, th- I thought Aubameyang was just as bad. I got to be honest there, but you know it, it, it happens. Payush, we will ask your question later, but Pal, um, when we come to the question section at the end of the show, um, John, yeah, you know, a little bit, luck, a bit of luck with the goal, but we deserved it, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, you just caught me typing. Sorry. Um, yes. No, we definitely did. Um, We'd created some really good chances. Sorry, that's a Newcastle goal. My apologies. <laughs> um, we created some good chances. <laughs> had a few where he tried to turn in the box and he couldn't quite get shot off. A Bamiang sort of half chances. Saka put some really good balls in that people didn't attack properly. Um, so we, we were definitely worth a goal. And honestly, when we scored that, I thought we would go on to win the game. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can take too much disappointment from not winning today because it's not a free hit for Arteta because nothing really is at the moment because of where we are in the league and we do just need to get points and try and get as high up the table as we can. Um, but, you know, it's a really good finish for Aubameyang. Yes, there was a bit of luck in the way the slight deflection came off it. But the the, move, the initial move anyway was such nice football and we'd seen it a couple of times and you could just see it was like, it wasn't going to quite fall for Lacas who lays it off well and maybe Ozil could have taken the shot on but then he's like no there's a better pass there and you know Nelson was he shooting was he passing I'm not sure but either way you know it's 
it's it's fallen to Alba who takes up the right position, and it's a it's a really good finish because he finds the one spot. Like Chris said, I didn't expect to put it in there. I thought he was going to go back across goal. Um, so yeah, really happy with the goal. Happy that it had a lot of players involved, um, and the fact that it came from the way we were breaking down Bournemouth possession and then instantly trying to turn it forward into an attack. Whereas previously this season, we win the ball back and then just immediately pass it back to a centre-back rather than trying to be progressive and go forwards. And Jace, you've muted yourself. <laughs> oh, balls. Um, <laughs> I thought you were a little bit negative and not, not looking for the forward pass. Yeah. But, you know, that is a development issue that Arteta and the guys are going to have to work on themselves because if people aren't going to be looking for that forward ball they're going to find themselves on the bench um we saw um uh Willock replacing Mesut Ozil, Mustafi replacing Socrates who went down injured a bit of a head injury I thought other than the goal Socrates had played quite well um not yeah. that Bournemouth offered a great deal going forward but I thought there were a couple of really good um, uh, defensive moments from him and Luis, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, the the, the Mesut Ozil, I thought, was very good. I thought Mesut Ozil, he wasn't excellent, but I thought he was very, very good today. That was um, one of his best performances for a long time. It was, wasn't it? And, and it was, and do you know what? We, we, what? The three of us have spoken about Mesut this season, and we've all been frustrated, I think it's fair to say. And it was nice to see that that performance from him. Um, you had the commentators trying to make a big deal out of um, the Mustafi coming on for Socrates. I thought that was utter nonsense. Um, but I did think the referee was a fucking clown. Okay? <laughs> and I mean a fucking clown. Okay? Um, there's a head injury. There's a guy down. You know, and, and this goes for the officiating team. Nothing's done about it. Play carries on. No, hey, I don't know. Maybe Socrates is harming it up, okay? I have no idea. I'm not going to, um, you know, not take his word for it because a head injury is a serious business. But then we get Pepe coming on, okay, for Nelson. And Pepe's first three moves were sensational. He's acting on the ball. He got wiped out twice already, and then Lewis Cook goes in on him. And somebody fucking talk to me, okay? Because, yes, it's professional. Yes, it's from behind, okay? I don't think it's a red card. But the stall had been set out when he, allowed, he was allowed to be wiped out twice in the lead-up to that. And that's where I've got the problem. When you're allowing players to wipe a player out because he's a threat... And not dishing out a free kick, even let alone a card, and then you're going to give the green light to pricks like Cook. Okay, well, trust me, if he injures himself and breaks his leg tomorrow, I'm going to laugh at the guy because he could well, he could well have injured Pepe in that way. Yeah, I have no sympathy anymore. Talk to me. We've we've seen it for well, even back to when Finger was manager for a long time. Players not getting protection. Um, Pep spoke about the same thing when he came into the league. He was saying he couldn't understand how his players were, you know, they were getting scythed down because of the way they want to play football and it's very close and one touch and, you know, you're going to take challenges. Klopp said it as well. Um, I think it is 
unfortunately it's kind of that old english mentality of you know it's a bit blood and thunder and um it's about the pace of the game and it's supposed to be a physical league and everything so you can allow those things to happen i'm glad pepe isn't injured he looked like he was all right he got up okay in the end and he just like some of the stuff he did on the ball his footwork is amazing and his strength as well there was some players just bouncing oh. to him where i thought he had no right to keep like standing up he, you know his balance is amazing do you know what got me he won back the ball okay la. and I, I was looking at him thinking oh you frustrate me Mm. But I love you for that, and I keep oh, on yeah. with Chris Carpenter saying he's gonna come good. He's gonna <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris is the voice in the back of my head. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Gonna do nothing, and then he does something, and I'm like, what? I just, I like, I've got to rewind it, and like, <laughs> look what he's done with his feet, or how he's like stayed on his feet, and someone's just fallen on the floor, and they're trying to tackle him. There's, like, there's, some, there's something you have to. Um, there's something. Sorry to cut in. There's something mm. you, have to, you have to bear in mind with Pepe as well. Is that he is not. If you think back to when Arsenal needed a winger last and, you know, we think back to when we had the days of Overmars or to a lesser degree, Perez, who was a, a very different type of winger um, in that he would drift inside and out and, you know, wasn't always about pace. With, with Pepe, you, to get the best out of him, you basically just have to say six dribbles out of ten are going to do nothing and he's going to lose the ball and he's going to probably roll around and he's probably going to shrug and and you know almost like with Mesut um but two or three out of those 10 are going to unlock a defense completely and it's down to us whether we can finish and you saw that a few times at well the West Ham game is the prime example everyone knew when he got that ball exactly where he was going to go exactly what he was going to do and guess what nobody could stop him um and he is going to invite challenges and in a weird way uh much like the aforementioned Perez that will help him it will help his adjustment and I actually think that's part uh, partly why He's being managed into the team. I think he was, it's not his fault that he was so expensive a signing. Um, and it's not his fault that he was almost rushed into a team that was over um, overhyped at the start of the season. I think a few people maybe got a few ideas above the station about how good we might be. And as the confidence in the team suffered, um, the more, when the team's struggling for confidence, the more you just want sustainable sensible careful footballers you don't always want the flair when things are going great yeah chuck in all the flair players and i think he suffered a bit with, as a result of that see yeah he's one of those players that when when you go to criticize him you just have to sort of take one step back and go okay but he's trying to make something happen and we've we've wanted a player who's unpredictable for a long time we've got one now you have to sort of keep that in mind that he's not always going to do the simple thing he's going to try something different and when that when that comes off on a consistent basis which it will um that's when you'll see the best of him yeah i, I gotta be honest i really enjoyed his cameo today i thought you know he he's on a he mission caused he? he caused problems didn't he and, and they're not it's not always going to come off and that's fine but as long as you're being important as long as you're doing something positive when you're on the ball i'm happy um, we see uh, an, an awful. Uh, there was an awful shot by Willock. Um, I really, uh, yeah. I, I gotta be honest, with you boys. I'm not. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I just want to end the game. <clears throat> a couple of points, but Willock really needs to do better. And exactly the same as Aubameyang and Lacazette. In all fairness, and Nelson yeah. and Saka in those positions. These guys all need to do better. Yeah. 
You know, I think some shooting practice is needed this week. I think it's a confidence thing as well. When when a player's got confidence and the team has, you're going to be, there's more conviction in your shots. We saw Lacazette earlier in the game where he's running and he gets to the edge of the box and rather than take a shot when he's got some space, he tries to lay it off for Nelson who's struggling to keep up with him before he gets subbed. That That's not a player not having the ability or the skill to do it. That's players who are going, I don't trust myself or back myself at the moment because they're not having a good time. And hopefully that's something that Arteta can you know, instill into them. But on the game overall, I thought it was very good. I really, there's one thing we didn't highlight. I really liked when there was a slight switch in the system and uh, Xhaka almost played at left back at times to really and also um another thing as well maitland Knowles was and it's something you've seen at city they did play quite a lot that he didn't almost he didn't really play as a fullback for a lot of the game he was almost playing as a right-sided center mid to make an extra man in midfield at times where he's clearly more comfortable or at least he thinks himself as more comfortable as a player um, you know, and they, he was Arteta was very clear about Saka and Nelson being as wide as possible, like yeah. get chalk on your boots. And every time Xhaka got the ball, he was looking and going, right, I can switch it to Nelson because I know he's wide open because they can't leave a man that far out because it stretches their defence too much. I, th- I thought Xhaka let himself down, I think his first half. Meza mm. um, made a run down the right-hand side. Yeah. And Xhaka went left instead. And yeah. I really annoyed Xhaka at that point, but it was one of those... Um, Chris Lacazette on Harry Wilson. How is that a free kick, let alone a yellow card? Uh, yeah, not sure. It's one of those, isn't it? it? It can, when it goes for you, you sort of say, yeah, when it goes well, against you. It was, it's just a coming together, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. like anything. This is my annoyance, Chris, okay? Pepe's gotten wiped out twice, leading mm. to the cook challenge, and yet Lacazette picks up a yellow. For inconsistent, yeah, that's yeah, a bullshit. And then the Colin Wilson yellow on Leno, he should have been shot. That's all I gotta say in the matter. He should have been shot. Ah, but there you go. That was the game, guys. Um, can we also point out that despite the pissing rain, Mikhail Arteta's hair was still absolutely perfect? No, no, I refuse to go. <laughs> And he's and he's also got the because um, uh, I, I was worried that we weren't going to hear this anymore. The laka 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 laka. He's got that down to his hip. So I'm glad that, that that's back. All, all he needs to do now is good evening, and we've got it all sorted. No, 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 no. No good evening. We are not going down these tropes. Okay. Um, before we go to questions, I want your thoughts and. On Arteta's first game, I'm going to come to you, Chris, first, then to John. For me, I saw a definitive improvement. I think, you know, we've still got players out of form and with confidence issues. I thought the structure looked good. I thought we were a little bit different in the way we used our fullbacks. We still had good width from them, but um, we covered them better than we have been doing recently. We saw a decent midfield partnership, but the guys up front, you know, we should have won that 4-0 from, from you know, 4-1 for my my the way we had handled the ball, etc. Um with with a bit of consistency in the way we play, I can see things improving. You know, five to ten games, I can I think, you know, we will really see the Arteta revolution starting. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I like. I mean, like you said on the the show when he was announced. Uh, for me, you you got to give you got to give it a, plenty of time. Certainly, I mean, when I say to the end of the season, I don't mean like make a decision. I'm saying you you need to sort of see it through to the end of the season before you can really see what he's going to build in the summer. Um, I do I do actually expect a bit of movement in January, which I wasn't 100 percent sure we would before. I actually now think the fact that he is openly in the media saying what he wants suggests to me that he's been told there is some form of movement there. Um, and rightly so, because I think the board maybe have to look at this and think actually some of the players that are at our club right now um, either shouldn't be or could do with moving on. And that's it's not a knock at them directly. It's just some players do need to move on. It's just the way it is. Um, I think it's hard to judge him on that squad today because both our first-choice fullbacks were out. Um, two defenders were, were either suspended or injured. Um, and as I said, you know, you, you still got things that he's going to work on. He's only been in place for less than a week. Um, I think the next the next key thing is get a good atmosphere for the next home game, which I think is is Chelsea next, isn't it? I think that's the home game. Um, be good to to see a, a positive reaction from the supporters. He he does communicate well. Um, We've said on this show a number of times, you don't always need a manager to be hopping around on the touchline just shouting incoherent nonsense. But what you do need is a presence on the touchline who is giving clear instruction and guidance to the players. And that's something I did notice about Arteta's there. He is very pep in the way he's very visual on the touchline and very vocal on the touchline. I think I think our players need that. Not sure every team does, but I think our players need that. And I think, yeah, overall... You, you you take the positives. The there was a change in mentality today. I thought there. I'm not sure whether we would have lost the game earlier on in the season, but we certainly would have come closer to losing it than than we did today. So, yeah, I think you you have to give it time. I mean, you don't have to. You can do what you want, but for me, you should give it time. Um, and and let's see what identity continues on beyond these next few games. And like I say, the home game will be interesting because at home you're expected at this club to take the game to the opposition. We took the game to the opposition away from home today and it'll be interesting to see what we do um, in our next home game against quote-unquote a better side. Yeah, um, I was pleased today. It was enjoyable to watch the football again, uh, which it hasn't been for a long time. I mean, I was excited when Freddie took over because it's Freddie Jungberg and obviously I, I love Freddie. I grew up in that era. Um, but... I'm really excited by Ateta. Everything he said in press conferences, and I know, and I know it's very easy to sound and say the right things. It's just the way he said it and the confidence with, with the way he speaks. Um, I thought the shape was generally better today. Yes, there's still going to be errors, but it's not going to be fixed in two training sessions. And I thought players' positioning was generally better today. There were adjustments within the game that he made where he switched some players and moved them about a little bit and Maybe some people didn't notice, but like Jack are moving a little bit more to the left, Saka being released a bit, Maitland-Niles coming inside a lot more, those kind of things. Um, he's clearly already got a lot of his messages over to the players. And it seems like they're all on board with it as well. Um, the fact he got a tune out of Mesut Ozil today in his first game, don't get me wrong, we all know how good Ozil is and he can maybe he's one of those players who could turn it on and off. But if he can get Ozil singing... That's massive because if you have Ozil playing at his best, and don't get me wrong, he wasn't at his best today, but he's a lot better than he has been, then you've got a chance to win any game. So 
yeah, I'm really excited to see what he does going forward. He's got two tough games in a row now. Um, hopefully, Bellerin and a few others will be back and stuff. I know there was some stories about maybe Bellerin could have played today, but they were saving him. Um, so it gives him a few more options. Um, but yeah, I'm really I'm excited about the future. Like, I think you kind of, as a fan, have to reassess and go, look, we're not a Champions League club. And we haven't been for a while when we're not at that level at the moment. So, And like Chris said as well, I'm actually weirdly for the first time in a long time excited about January because I do think we'll do and, and make some moves so I, I've, got to, I've got to be honest here Kate I I look at this league I don't think there are many Champions League clubs in this league if you know what no. I mean. yeah you know I, I, I think there's um there's a lot of dross masquerade there's Champions League potential clubs okay um no, I think there's, there's three teams at the moment who are clearly above us yeah 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 that's fine okay yeah. But there's a fourth spot that's there to play. For. Oh yeah, of course. Right? Um, I look at I look at January. I'm not particularly bothered if, if we bring anybody in or not. Okay, the big test is going to be the summer, and I think I, I, I look at what I've seen on the pitch today. Uh, I think that um, I think that Mikel Arteta will get a lot more out of these players than Emery or um, Freddie has. Yeah. Okay, I, I think he's got a really good coaching team in place. I know the guy from the Welsh FA, Albert, or whatever his name is, he's very highly thought of. Yeah, like right. Steve Round as well, who yeah, I've watched Steve some Brown. interviews with. He's, you know, he's been at, you know, all over the Premier League. He was at Man United as well. So he's worked with some of the best coaches in the world. A very intelligent guy when you hear him speak. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got the right people around him. So as long as the, the club back him, and I think... You know, realistically, I don't think he's, you know, Arsblog and Gunnerblog said the same thing. I don't think Arteta would take the job unless he was told that they're going to back him. But, but it's this side of it, okay? Let's get the right players. Let's, let's not, yeah. it's not, not panic by. Let's get the right players, okay? If you've got to wait till the summer, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Get the right players in. The players that he thinks are going to make a difference, okay? Yeah. Because um, you can keep on slagging players off. But you've got too many players in our squad out of form who haven't impressed for it just to be the players' fault. If yeah. you know what I mean, you know. And and to be honest with you, yeah, look, guys, we've all got opinions, okay. But I think we're going to find that Mikel Arteta's opinions are very, very different to ours. Mm. Very, very different to ours. Yeah. So let's go to some questions. Um, uh, we're going to try to whip through these as quickly as possible. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you. What has Pepe done to be ignored, rejected by three managers, stroke coaches in a row? Was he caught smoking crack in the shower? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, so, doesn't make sense, no? Um, no, I mean, short answers to this one for a change, but I think we addressed it earlier on. I think, you know, they're, they're, they've almost gone back to taking it slowly. I think he was rushed in at the start. Um, he is a player that, that relies on confidence. Um, you know, the, the, there is a transition period from a different league. Um, and he was in a he was in a Lille team that was built around him. And he was the star man. He's now at a club where there are other players to fit in to those positions. Um, you know, he hasn't always played in like the free role that he had at Lille. That will take some time. Um, and yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I don't, I don't have any concerns at this stage. But people need to remember again, it's still less than six months since he arrived. I mean, it's not, 
it's not going to happen overnight. Some players do come in and make an immediate impact. Others take time. Um, if, we sat, if we sat here in 18 months, maybe worry then, you know? The problem is August feels like 10 years away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really does. I will, I will quickly say Gilberto did not look like a player I would be interested in playing at Arsenal Football Club when he first joined. And holy fuck was I wrong. Yeah, my boy him now. So Perez and Henri, no. you know, they took yeah. a lot a lot of time. Dennis, you know, took him what three or four months to get his first goal. I mean it, yeah, it takes time. And and again, that price tag is is not his fault. People keep saying, Oh, you know, if we send a player for seventy two million, he should be yeah. that's not how it works. It, it, it's, those, it's those things, that, you know, it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? And when you see him, and when you see people like Pepe in their pomp, to be fair to him, he looks like a 72 million pound player. Yeah. yeah. When he's on it, he looks like it. And you, you just want somebody to allow him to flourish. Um, John, Julian Salmond, <laughs> sorry, Julian Salmond, because the do is right by here. So it looks like Julian Salmondo. Okay, but a student Salmon asks, do you think Jack Grealish could do a job for us? We do need something in, in midfield at the moment. Um, I really like Grealish. I think he's a very good player. Um, is it the right sort of midfielder we need right now? I don't think so. The, if the Midfield is an area we need to fix, but it's more about having a number six or a number eight than it is... Grealish isn't a 10 in the traditional sense, but he's not the right midfielder that we're looking to buy at the moment. Um, if for some reason, I don't know, we did sell Urzel or he did leave and you know he didn't want to collect his whatever ridiculous wage it is he's getting at Arsenal, then maybe he's someone you go for because um, I quite like him and I, I do think he's a really good player. But there's other areas of the team that need immediate addressing before that particular role. But yeah, if 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 there was a position available within the squad and we had the money or whatever, then I would not be against it. I really like him. He's a scumbag as well, and you know I love a scumbag. Yeah, we we know, but we know. <laughs> now we've said that we're going to buy him in January, and he's going to turn us into Champions League winners. You know, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Um, I'm going to take the next one. Phil McHenry asks, "Do you think Arteta will look to work with the current squad, or demand to ship some out and bring in the players he wants?" I yeah, look, he's gonna he, he'll have a list of players that he wants. I think there's no getting away from that. It may be four or five, it may be six or seven, it may be two or three. He'll have worked out with you know, um, Raul and company, um, uh, you know, the steps that he's they need to take to bring players in. But I really, genuinely, like I said uh, not so long ago, genuinely believe he can improve a lot of the players we've got at the moment. And I think we've got too many tin pot um, uh, commentators kind of writing off too much talent at the moment. I genuinely think, I think you're going to see a surprise in certain players leaving. You know, it's, it's going to be one of those where there's going to be a couple of surprise players going and a couple of you thought, yeah, yeah, the time's done. But, you know, Miguel Arteta is going to have very different views to us. Mr. Carpenter, Junior Gunner asks, be honest, he says, with the way we are functioning in the final third, 25 goals scored this season, our worst goals for since um, uh, 98. I don't see us picking up any points against Chelsea and United in the next games. What are your thoughts? Um, the opposite, to be honest with you. 
Oh, this is why I love this. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I get why, I get the question, and I get why it's put that way. Um, but weirdly, we seem to pick up our best form in, in these games. You know, under under Arsenal, we would struggle in those top four, um, old-fashioned top four fixtures, quote-unquote. Um, we seem to raise our game now against those bigger sides. Um, I would rather turn the question round and say, how good would it feel as a supporter to come out of those two games with six points? How much of a boost would that give us going into the new year with with a you know a win over Man United and and Chelsea? Chelsea's at home, isn't it? And United's away, so you know I I think Chelsea are beatable. I I, I don't I don't really want to spend any more than this one sentence on this statement, but I've actually been quite impressed with what Lampard's done at Chelsea. Um, I, I feel a bit dirty saying that, but. Um, I do think it's been slightly overhyped, you know, oh, he's given the youngsters a, a game. Well, that's because he had no choice, let's be honest. But I have been quite impressed with how they've played and I think they are um, at times quite quite enjoyable to watch. Well, they certainly were on against Spurs anyway, but that maybe that was the reason. Um, Man United for me is still a shambles. I mean, they're 3-1 up against Newcastle, but I mean, that is a bit like kicking a puppy, isn't it? So um, if indeed that's third goal stands, I think we're waiting to see. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean... I, I, that's how I would look at it. That's how I prefer to look at it. Imagine if we can get those two victories. Um, and again, you, I mean, you can't judge on today alone, can you? You know, and it depends who's going to be fit for it as well. If we can get Bellerin back, Chambers back, um, you know, in the home game, potentially we, we could could see Pepe start the game. Um, who knows? But yeah, I would much rather look at it and say, how good will it be if we do get six points or even if we go unbeaten in those two games but certainly six points would be amazing if we could if we could win both cool john mike hernandez um uh, with the nation he asks just saw this tweet jacques agent said they have an agreement with hertha berlin and they have told the club and arteta he wants to leave what are your thoughts now you're a big jacques fan boy you know um and yeah come on talk to me um Look, I have no problem with a player leaving the club as long as an appropriate replacement is brought in. Um, I'm sad when it's a player I like. I was really disappointed when we let Ramsey go. Um, one, because it was Ramsey and I love Ramsey, but also because we never fucking replaced him. I'm not being funny. It's only good to look at the results since. Um, but, you know, I had to get that one. Well done, Raul. You're <laughs> um, look, if Xhaka really wants to go and we can get what we feel is an appropriate fee for him and we can get a replacement for midfield because it is an area of the squad where honestly when i look at it i do struggle to pick starting three or two and a ten or whatever um then that's fine that that do, do um, the difference is now that arteta has come in and Jacker's feelings will be because of the way he reacted in that game and the way the fans reacted to him and everything. I'm hoping we've all moved past that point now. I, I would hope. Um, notice Mizza Ozil didn't get quite as much stick, by the way, for the way he kicked his clubs into the crowd. But there you go. Some, some people are my favourites. Yeah, but uh, only bit, uh, let's be honest. I think the whole fucking nonsense of the pair of them has been over-egged by people. Oh, yeah, no, it has been massively. I think, you know, I think it's bollocks. It, but whatever people have their opinion you know um but yeah if we kind of come in and and get a, a replacement for him then fine i i don't have a problem with it um arteta taking over might change his mind he might see arteta and speak to him and say you know what 
this guy's got confidence in me and faith in me. And I saw today when he adjusted my position slightly and, and you know, let me play from those and let me play the passes I want to play, that kind of thing. Maybe he wants to stay. I would say that as much as a lot of the fans really hate him, there is a reason why Arsene Wenger, Unai Emery, you know, Mikel Arteta all pick Granite Xhaka. I'm not a football manager. I'm not a football manager for a very good reason because I don't really know that much about football. Those are three guys who, okay, not Arteta because he's only just started, but the other two are successful trophy-winning managers. Maybe it's the case that he's just our best centre midfielder and they didn't have a choice. Or maybe it's the case that they actually think he's a very good footballer, who's intelligent and can play the ball really well. And we generally have a better tempo in our game and control the ball better. That's, that's up to other people to decide. So, But if we get a good replacement, then, yeah, that's fine. Players come and go. The club stays there forever. That's the only thing I care about. Cool. Um, right, I'll ask and answer the next question. David Keith, how many of the kids would you loan out in January? Um, it would depend on who's coming in, to be honest, David. Uh, I don't think we can allow anybody to go out at the moment unless there's an incoming. I'd like to see Joe Willock out on loan. I think it would do him a world of good. I, Saka, I wouldn't mind going out on loan. And uh, Reese Nelson at the moment. Um, I, I think they could all do with a good loan, but I don't Smith think as well. oh, Smith Rowe is way off the pace. I, 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 the, the amount of nonsense I've heard spoken about Smith Rowe is phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, the kid needs to play football yeah. in a men's league somewhere because his talent is undeniable. But you're asking the impossible of him to replace some like Mesut Ozil, or you know, at this moment in time. So. I think they all need a good loan. I, I really do. And I mean a good season. A re, not, not just six months, a good season out on loan. You know, life experiences, not just football experience. Let them grow. You know, they're, they're in this, you know, this um, sort of pampered world of academies and coming through. They need a bit of life experience, but it will depend on, be dependent on who's coming in. Um, and that's going to be massive. I, I, January's going to be really interesting. Um, it really is. Chris Carpenter, Julian Nagelsmann, a.k.a. Aaron Hidari, asks, um, Monsieur Carpenter, he says, I have two questions for you. A, what was he? What, um, 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 what has happened to Laka? And the, 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 would you take a canivinga? Is it? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the carpet. So yeah, go Chris, go. Well, we covered um, we covered lacquer already, so I feel we don't need to double up on that one. But thanks, Ariane, for that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Kamavinga is for those who don't know, he's a young holding midfield player who plays for Rennes at the moment. Is being lauded across France as the, the next big talent to come out of Liga, and there are many. Um, unfortunately, I think there are um, bigger, better clubs than us right now who will be in that market ahead um and we're talking Real madrid level clubs here so I, I i think he probably will move on at the end of the season if his progress continues but unfortunately i think he might be a bridge too far for us um one of the exceptional young talents in in europe right now um just to flesh out the question just to touch on january there's a there's a lot of talk in italy at the moment that juventus are, are going to have a bit of a a shifty um and there is talk that, that three of their 74 midfielders will be allowed to go on loan 
Um, and there is quite a lot of smoke with, without necessarily too much fire yet about Adrian Rabio. I know we've been here before. We can all roll our eyes once again. Um, I would have confidence that Mikel Arteta would get the best out of him. That's one thing I would say because he's a very, he's a very similar player to what Man City had in in Rodri, in my opinion, and and I think he would actually fit. And I would be quite happy to see Xhaka move on if that's what he wants, because I don't want anybody really here that doesn't want to be here. I think Mikel Arteta's comments today. I wouldn't read into that too much about him bigging the player up. He's just being a very sensible businessman. If you know you want to get a player out, the last thing you do is go to the press and say, yeah, he's awful. We, we'd take 10 quid for him. You're obviously going to big up the player. You're obviously going to say, well, you know, we'd like to keep him. He's a quality player. Oh, Hertha Berlin, what's that? 20 million? Yeah, no problem. Um, at this stage, I think that relationship has probably just got to the point where it would do the player and the club good to, to move on. Um, not sure Xhaka handled, handled it the best way. I'm not sure the club handled it the best way. But that's life players move on um Mustafi's another one that maybe you could probably see moving on and ironically there's another player at Juventus that I wouldn't mind having a word with which is Daniele Rogani I'm sure Joel would be quite happy to to see um but yeah there is talent out there um I think we'll be in the loan market a little bit but as as for Camavinga I think no I I can't see us we certainly wouldn't be spending the sort of money that Ren would want on him uh, in January and at the end of the season, I think he'll probably command a fee of in excess of 40, maybe 50 million. Not sure we're shopping in that, that market right now. I think we're, we're more in the loans slash uh, seasoned pros bin rather than the, uh, the experience, um, experience, high quality, high profile players right now. So okay. we shall see. But I yeah. With one point, okay, when you say Real Madrid are a big club, okay, mm. golf, Madrid. Naturally. Madrid naturally fucking poverty club um one for all of us now i'll start with you john then i want to come to chris oh, and i just want um you know one word answers to, to as we go through it and then I'll, I'll, I'll finish off john bernstein asks instead of rating players give a score for the forwards midfielder defense and goalkeeper and um, he's gone five seven six eight um uh, for him so, John, for the forwards, uh, six being generous, Chris, yeah, I'd probably say the same to be fair. Yeah, four, I'm right. <laughs> four, they fucked up too much today. It's unfortunate, but this is the way it is. For the midfield, John, uh, seven and a half. <laughs> oh, good. Chris, uh, seven, seven, yeah. I agree. No, Chris, you are correct. Well done. Um, defense, John. Yeah, seven. Chris, same. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you all there. And um, keeper, ten. Didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, Chris? same. Yeah, nothing wrong. Consistently our best player. I hate not being able to argue with the pair of you. <laughs> Me and Chris ever agree on anything for a start, so that really <laughs> you, know, you know what, okay, it's, it's funny. Okay, I was thinking about Dave yesterday, and I thought, you know, you couldn't argue with Dave, okay, you couldn't press his buttons, okay. So even the, the amount of times I tried, I thought, 
oh god i miss him and i love him and thing but he's not like chris carpenter you know you can go in on chris you can press a couple of those nipples and next thing you know we're both winding each other up and with john it's the same and it's just like it's like with with good old dave he just yeah you just let you carry on you know yeah you go i don't care you crack on um so next question john for you junior gunner asks is the best we can hope for another year in europa league lads uh it's very tough to say in terms of getting into the champions league from a league position it's still there it's possible it's going to be hard though because we've left it so late to make the change and it's it's not an easy fix but it's a possibility um however we are still in the europa league and i genuinely do think it's not going to be easy it's going to be harder than it was last year i know we didn't do it last year but I do think that is something Arteta could win. It's going to be made harder by the facts that teams like Inter and stuff have dropped into it. <laughs> Matt, top of the league, mate. Top of the league. They're playing very good, and it's a very Conte-esque situation. We're both Inter fans. I forgot. Yeah, Lord Kaku only... up front is banging the goals in. It's amazing. Hey, why have they dropped down to Europa League, and lads? Oh, they were well, in the group of death, weren't they? Yeah, they were in the group of death, and Conti and the Champions League are two things that don't go together. And he, <laughs> he, he wants the Scudetto, that's the only thing. So I think yeah. the chances of him playing a scratch side in the Europa He wants high. to teabag the fuck out of Juventus, basically. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and, there's, and there's some good sides in, in the Europa League. We know yeah. Salzburg and no mugs. Um, you know, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say it, you wouldn't want to draw Man United, would you? Um you know, there are some good sides in, still left in that have qualified through the, the group stages as it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, our, our draw is, is winnable, definitely. Mm. Get through Olympiakos, you get through, the, you know, the next round, suddenly you're... We, we should be one of the favourites for that, let's be honest. Um, and it just depends on... It, it really just depends on, on what sort of attitude we take. And, and, and depending on where the league form is, it would be my priority if, if we're sat here in february and we're still anywhere but anywhere but say we were an eighth but only two points off fourth fine you you, you stick to the league and, and you know you do your best in europa if we're sat in eighth to tenth and we're seven to eight points off fourth uh, i'm prioritizing yeah. that europa league because yep. i think i think champions league football um just in terms of the money is ridiculous yeah and, and the profile, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's the be all and end all. If we have to spend another year out of it, so be it. But the the, the boost around the club, the supporters, and and the opportunity to build would be massive if we could get back in. Because let's be honest, we're we're underdogs for that now. We're massive outsiders. So I, the boost I, I think that seats us. I genuinely think that seats us. To be honest, I think you know, if you, if you think you're hiding to nothing, that's when these guys are going to perform. Mm. I genuinely do that. We should have won that tournament last year as well. I stand oh. by that. You know, we, other than the final, we were one of the best sides in it. And, and yeah, but I, just... I'm, so, I'm sorry. You know, as soon as you lost Rambo, okay, you know the Valencia tie. You know, Aubameyang and Lacazette dragged us through that. Mm. They, their performances in those two games were sensational from the pair of them. Okay, and the, that's the only reason we got to the final was because of those two. The rest yeah. of the team just wasn't working. And, and and that's the truth of the matter. You know, we didn't win the midfield. Defensively, we weren't solid. You know, we screwed the pooch. And unfortunately, we am. We have to take the blame for that. And, and, and momentum is such a huge thing. This is oh. why I said it. This is why I was saying it's so important that we 
well, I say so important, what would be so important if we could get results against United and Chelsea? Because the springboard, it gives the players going into the season, there's always that club that makes a run in the latter part of the season. And it, and it only takes, look at Southampton at the moment, yeah. it only takes one or two results and you go into games going, actually, you know, we don't need to fear anybody here. We can win any game we go into. And if we can get back to that that stage, the, the, the club name itself will, there, there's no fear factor for clubs coming to the Emirates at the moment. We need to get that back. And when teams start looking at us going, oh, actually, that Arsenal are a lot more organised now, they will start to come with game plans that are more... Um, that are more possible for us to break down. We won't see clubs uh, coming to us sort of with 10 behind the ball. We'll see clubs coming to us thinking, oh, we can play an expansive game. But if we get that fear factor back into us, we'll be able to punish those sides that take yeah. that take that chance. So at the moment, you know, Brighton is the pro Brighton was the prime example of a team rocking up with absolutely no fear. They did the same to Spurs today. The difference is they couldn't sustain it because Spurs up their game. We upped our game and they held us comfortably. So, you know, pain for me to say. I, I agree with you. I, I got to On that, okay, question for all of us from David Keith. How many points do you say is minimum we need against United and Chelsea? John, you first. Minimum. Um, honestly, at this point of the season, if you said to me we get two points out of it, I'd take it. Just because you, you, I can't, I do not expect Arteta to come in and just fucking fix everything instantly. I, I definitely saw improvements today, but. If we got four points out of those two games, I'd be well happy. But I'd, I'd, I'd quite easily take two. Um, I'd love six, and I, and I genuinely believe we can get six. But like John, four for me is the is the bare minimum. I think I think you you have to go into those games looking to win them. Um, and if you can, I think that I think that home game with Chelsea, I think we're getting Chelsea at a good time. I know they were brilliant against Spurs. But I, I think we're getting them at a good time. I think their squad's a bit stretched. Um, and Man United away. I mean, you just don't know what you, you... United, you just don't know, do you? You know, one minute they look like a pub team. Next minute you go, oh, actually. But the one thing I would say with the Man United away game is you stop their counter-attacks, they haven't got anything. If you stop them countering you, you can get in behind them. If you give them space on the counter, which worries me a bit with us, they'll get at you. So if our, if our game plan and our tactics are right, we could scoop something from Old Trafford. But I, I have a have a sneaking feeling we might beat Chelsea. And I, and I hope so. So four points would be great. Six points would be amazing. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I don't, I'm not scared of either of them. I prefer Chelsea away at the moment because their away form is awful. Um, uh, so their home form is awful. But um, we are where we are. I, 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 I know this is going to sound silly. Okay, and yes, it's Mr. Optimistic, but I expect six points. I don't think either team are that good. I really don't. I think they're, they're crap, and I think we're, we're due a turn. And I, and I think that's the big thing, you know. It's another week of training with Mikel. It's, you know, it's that more development down the line, and I think that could be the spark that lights the rest of the season. Um, and we've got... And the games come around thick and fast, because we play Chelsea on Sunday, don't we? So that's literally yeah. three days away, so it's a good... You know, you've got that opportunity to go straight back into another game. Mikel will have the, the players for, for 48 hours now. Um, and I think the message will be positive. I, I, I could have been honest. I think they look at this game, they, they will, there's a, so many positives to look at. But, you know, we, we, we'll go in to the Chelsea game with a bit of confidence. That would be good. Chris, mm. question for you um, uh, from... Uh, oh, where the hell's that gone? 
Um, Pete Coulson, sorry. Um, this is one for the Dirty Pirate. With our current limits, two players in and two players out in January. Name them. Um, well, it will surprise everyone that I'll name two French players. Uh, you shock but, me. Yeah, no. Um, I, I would at this stage where we are, I would, I would, I would take a go on Rabio, particularly if it's a loan, because you, you. I was worried about signing him permanently because you don't know what you're going to get in terms of everything that comes with him, namely his mother and all that baggage. But the move to Juventus hasn't worked out. Um, he is a, a quality footballer if you can get the best out of him. And I think a loan deal would be certainly something I'd pursue. Um, and the other one, I mentioned it on the podcast the other day, um, but I'd have a word with PSG about Laban Kuzawa. Um, I think we need a left back pretty badly. Saka's done a great job. Um, fair play to the kid, but um, let's be honest, he's not a left back. Um, teams will target it. Um, Tierney's out till I think I read it was April, but I don't think we'll see Tierney again this season. Those shoulder injuries, are, you've got to have them absolutely right. Um, and Kalasinac, we know, is not particularly a brilliant defender anyway. So I'm um, not saying Kazawa is, is Roberto Carlos, but uh, I think he would give us a bit of experience. And, and again, I think you'd get him on loan. So there's those two. Um, if you were talking, I mean, that you could read a list off, but I think realistically they're the sort of players we've got to be looking at if it's loan deals. If we are going to spend some money, that opens the the conversation a bit more. But if, you, if you're going to spend money, I, you, I could name you 100 players. But okay. I think realistically we've got to be looking at the loan market now. I, I, I think it's a great answer, mate, to be fair. Um, Payesh Kapoor asks, should, I, I'll answer this one, should AFC have hired Angelotti for two to three years to stabilise the club? then bring Arteta in to take us forward. I like Arteta, but would have liked to have seen him manage a team successfully for joining AFC. I see the reasoning, Payesh, I really do, but no, I've got to be honest with you. Um, you know, Arteta wasn't my first choice. You know, it would have been an Allegri all day long. It would have been an Eaglesman all day long. Um, it wouldn't have been an Ancelotti. For this club at this moment in time, I think Arteta is a great hire. Um, okay, yeah, he's saying all the right stuff in the interviews and what have you. I'm not too bothered about what he's saying. What I do like is his self-belief, his utter confidence in what he wants to achieve and how he wants to drive this, this squad forward. Waiting another two or three, two, three years is not going to do us any good. We needed action and we need it now. Um, I'm no fan of Raul Sanrehi, as everybody knows, okay? But I think this could be a brilliant signing for us. I like his attitude. I think he's more driven. He's got something to prove. And I think, you know, we always talk about, oh, we need to stabilise, we need to consolidate. Bollocks. We need to build, and we need to build now, and we need to show some ambition. We need to show some ambition, and we need to stop talking this team down. We need to stop talking the club down. We need to go forward. And I think that's what Mikel Arteta will bring us. I see the reasoning behind it, but I really disagree with it simply because now is the time to be brave. You know, sport is all about ambition and being brave. It's not about, oh, you know, I don't want to take a chance yet. You've got to be brave. It's what it's all about. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to the way, even if Mikel Arteta fails, and there's a chance he could, you know, they, we know that. 
but at least it was a brave decision and i like that um chris carpenter one last one for you don one asks question for chris can we get a quick update on the majestic barbican pirates please hmm. yeah you can get, a, get an update there is no update uh no we, <laughs> we're we're on a, a, a there's there's no actual winter break this year thank god but we we had uh i think it was three out of the four games called off before christmas because this time of year the weather's crap um we, we are scheduled to play next sunday so not this sunday but next sunday um yeah we, we you know we're, we're, we're doing all right we um we've had six points taken off us which is quite annoying because we only had seven points so we've now only got one um no Super fault of our own. Uh, team folded and the the wonderful league and the fa down here take it in their infinite wisdom that if a team drops out the teams that played them already have the points taken off them so uh, yeah please yeah that'd be good but yeah yeah no you know we're, we're doing all right um yeah the older i'm getting uh the harder it is to um to to keep uh keep managing and doing what i'm doing but hopefully uh yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll keep going, and uh, I, I'm, maybe I've got another couple of years in me. We'll we'll see, but we'll see out the season, see where we end up. But yeah, we're we're back next Sunday, so uh, hopefully we can pick up a few few results here and there. Come on, you pirates! You know it's, it's a hell of a job he does with them guys, and I don't mind giving him a bit of stick, but go take your hat off to the man. Um, that's it for today. Uh, to everyone in the chat box. You've been interesting. You've been fantastic. If we haven't answered your, asked your question, we do apologise. But we've been going long enough now. We've been going an hour and a half. I'm the only one to go an hour tonight. But between Chris and John, they carpet the shit out of everything. So I thought we were quite succinct tonight, actually. I thought we were quite... Do you know what? I wasn't looking forward to this one, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed chatting to you boys tonight. Um, so all of you in the chat box, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been... Um, it's, it's, it's been therapeutic and we thank you ever so much for your support you're always there for us and um we adore you for it so those of you listening on any other platforms um thank you you know um i know we say it differently to you guys but you know again you know you keep on supporting us you keep on listening to us come and join us in the chat box you like uh, you haven't subscribed to the youtube challenge you click on the bell icon and you'll be notified whenever we go live um to john and to chris i freaking love podding with you boys i fucking adore the pair of you so thank you very much for joining me thank you no um to you all merry christmas um we will go live on new year's day i haven't, we haven't done the lineup yet um uh, so merry christmas and a happy new year to you <laughs> again if you are feeling down if you are feeling if there's anything you're worried about speak to somebody please okay don't don't be a martyr to the cause don't be silly be brave you know get a scene to talk to somebody please do that um stefan salvi just put in the box there was only one dave faber no stefan you're wrong there is only one dave faber there's only one gunaholic okay um we lost our friend uh we've got it we are heartbroken we're devastated you will leave a void that cannot be filled with us but this will be felt by a lot more people than us dave has known ugh, been following the arsenal for six decades okay he you know when you're with him at the tallington or any pub around the islington 
He knows everyone. A lot of people will be absolutely heartbroken this moment in time. And we, our hearts go to everyone. You know, it's it's utterly shit, guys. And it's not fair that we get to lose our friend. And that goes for all Arsenal fans. But um, uh, dear Faber, we'll be raising a glass to you. And we love you. Take care. Thank you. Good night. Keep it Arsenal, people. Keep on smiling and take care of yourselves. Cheers. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.